Welcome back to Your Tech Report. For gadget news and reviews, click to yourtechreport.com. Or perhaps you can follow us on all our social media. It is at Your Tech yes. Report everywhere you look. I am Mark Flalo. Alongside me, Mitchell Whitfield. Still to come, our good friend Bruce Walker, product evangelist over at TCL, talking all things CES 2022. Most importantly, Mitchell, I want to know what it was yes. like to be at CES 2022 because... It still scares the crap out of me to go into anywhere with a crowd. <laughs> oh, absolutely. And uh, you know what? That that almost seems like event zero from when the pandemic sort of started in North America. So, yeah, yeah I think it's sort of, you know what it's like, you know, you know what it's akin to, Mark? And I, you'll, I think you'll understand this reflex. You know, you eat something and let you, let's say you get like a 20, you get food poisoning and you get sick from it. You cannot look at that food again for maybe 30 years. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, because definitely. you have that you associate feeling that sickness with that food, even though it's not particularly fair. So with CES, we associate that with the outbreak of COVID. <laughs> my my like, wife cannot eat donuts. Back there. My wife can, <laughs> just cannot eat a donut if she tried. She's like, no, not going to happen. I could not oh, eat really? a donut. Mitchell. Yes. It is the end of the month, which means March is around the corner, quite literally just a couple days away, which means that normally this time of year, if, you know, history does repeat itself, it yeah. tends to do that. Um, we're going to see an event from Apple coming up. You know, as you're saying that, Mark, I was just, uh, you know, scouring the interwebs. And, you know, you know, they're obviously, you know, Mac rumors and, you know, uh, there's Apple so many different places you can go. I mean, yeah, I mean, there's so many different uh, people that are in the know that have inside information. But, you know, I just went a little bit more mainstream. I was actually looking at CNET. Dot com, okay. uh, which has always been a good, you know, source of overall tech news and not necessarily Mac specific, but just overall tech news. Right. And I was just looking at that, you know, what's you know, what's to expect or what they expect will be at the uh, announced at the new March event. And basically, <laughs> now that I'm looking at this, they're basically mentioning everything, you know, a new iPad Pro, uh, possibly a new Mac mini, the announcement well, that, of the I mean, new hang on, uh, hang on, hang on. iPhone I gotta SE 3. This yeah. is the this is the only way to make sure they're right. right? <laughs> so just <laughs> mention everything that could possibly be announced, and they'll be like, "You see, we told you so." It's, it's you, if it's a flypaper theory, you throw enough things, <laughs> something's going to stick, and that's exactly right. We tell you, we we called it. We mentioned a hundred things, and two of them were right. We called it, but you know, uh, I, I've been hearing from multiple sites about a few things. We'll talk about that. So go ahead, Mark. I'm sorry. That's what I love about technology this day and age is that if you think back to way back when, when you know iPhones were first coming out in twenty in two thousand seven. Like the technology or the ability to do things like 3D rendering was few and far between. We didn't have these like elaborate, like almost, you know, some people have dummy phones in their hands that they 3D print nowadays. So you can see what the phone's going to look like and you would swear that it's almost the real thing. So it just shows you how how far we've come along in just the rumor mill technology, let alone the products themselves that it's kind of entertaining to kind of look at. Well, the the problem is, and you can hear my dogs agree, uh, the they problem do. is that with a, with a company, as Apple becomes larger and larger, obviously, you know, globally a huge company, uh, multi-trillion dollar company, uh, and, you know, as they have more and more suppliers, more and more um, warehouses for storage, I mean, the, just as the bigger it gets, the harder it becomes yeah. to keep secrets of any kind. Yeah. And we've seen this over and over over the years, but I think at this point, and I think you're in agreement, we've talked about this before, I think at this point, Apple sort of encourages and sort of must seed some information knowing that you know it's going to sort of not you know it's not going to ruin anything because the rumors are going to be out there anyway they're going to get out it's almost like if it's if it's going to get out let us control the message a little bit let's give people a little taste of what's coming so i don't think we've been 
when was the last time you can remember? And seriously, think about this. Yeah. When was the last time you can remember being genuinely surprised by, wow, no, we, no. we never saw a rendering of that, that nobody called that. I mean, when was the last time that even happened? Mac Pro, trash can Mac Pro. Uh, we knew a Mac Pro was coming. We didn't know what it would look like. I mean, then we didn't see renderings of that. I mean, maybe not. You know, that probably it didn't. It surprised me. Uh, okay, in, but here's the difference. Okay, here's the difference. No, you're right. Me. But here's <laughs> no, you're right. But here's the thing with the with the trash can Mac Pro, and, and this is what happens with all the Mac Pros. If you remember, when it comes to Mac Pros, they do what they did with the original iPhone. The original iPhone, they sort of had to break the news because the patents had gone out. They didn't want other people to learn about them. Yes, so you're correct. They announced the original iPhone what six to nine months in advance or something like that. And when it comes to Mac Pro they tend to announce them six to nine months or maybe a year in advance as well. So it's not a, it's not a product that's coming out anytime soon. Yeah. So they are, again, they are kind of in control of the message because it hasn't even gone into production. And that was more to, I think, appease all of the complaints and all the people like, who see, for we're doing so it. many Look, years, see? yeah, exactly, yeah, true, who were complaining true. against it. You know, this is one of the years that I'm actually excited about it. I'm not, not that I wasn't excited last year, but I'm excited this year because as you know, I lease my products and my leases are up. So I'm excited that oh, I'm I actually going to go every out. day. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I've got, I'm excited that I'm going to be able to go out towards the end of this year, which is when I'll do it probably around November, December and get myself a new laptop, which is the, the one that I really want to upgrade because my Mac pros is perfectly fine. Um, I know you are probably most excited for a mm -hmm. new Mac mini. A you pro know, Mac you, Mini, you read, right? You, you, yeah, you read my mind, of course. And I've always felt that if done correctly, and in this day and age where, you know, systems on a chip are really, you know, when Apple is proving that they're silicon, not just when it comes to the, the CPU, but the GPU as well. Multi-core GPUs that rival these enormous cards that AMD and NVIDIA put out. When, when we see that it is possible to put an entire system on a chip so that laptops are as powerful, if not more so than desktops, it makes you wonder, well, I mean, a Mac mini is a small chassis, but it still has more room for cooling than a traditional laptop because it's thicker. I've always thought the Mac Mini could be, especially in this day and age, the perfect PC for the average person because of the form factor, the power to weight ratio, even the portability if you want it. Again, it's a desktop. You don't have to take it anywhere, but you could. And again, the price point is able to stay down because you don't have a ton of moving parts. Think about it. You yeah. don't have a ton of moving parts. The only downside is, of course, that it's really not upgradable and they've made them less upgradable over the years. I mean, maybe you could put on the higher end ones some extra RAM, but Mark... A Mac Mini Pro, something that even there, you know, right now the it maxes out as as a lot of the laptops did before the M2 chips came out. The current Mac Mini with the Apple Silicon maxes out at 16 gigs of RAM. Yeah. I, I, if they could boost it 32 or 64, if they could put more ports on the back, give us that M2 chip, either the Pro or just the advanced. I, I would be so happy because right now my Mac Mini does pretty much everything I want. But a Mac Mini Pro would probably come in around a little under $2,000 would be amazing. You know what I think, which would be would be really cool, but probably never going to happen, is a somewhat modular approach to the Mac Mini. As you said, this is a desktop computer that doesn't have to leave the desk. It can be portable in the way because it's it's small, so you could throw it into a suitcase if you wanted to. But you still need a monitor, a keyboard, a mouse. But it is a is a stationary device, so it sits on your desk. Imagine that you know through contacts or some kind of connector you could stack Stackable extra bits? power on top so imagine <laughs> yes. you had your base mac mini on the bottom it's beautiful nice sleek aluminum display with your power and your ports and everything but imagine you wanted to step up your game you wanted to be able to add better graphics better memory more storage imagine you could just click that into the bottom or click that into the top and it suddenly it added more ports it added more graphics power i mean that would be a really cool design you know what you're just you know what you know what computer you just described that's going to be 
it's going to be the new Mac Pro. And I'll tell you why. Because if a new Mac, if the Mac Pro that is yet to come out that is going to be run on Apple Silicon, Apple, uh, you know, I say Silicon, but of course, you know, I'm talking about the Apple chips that they yes, put out. Of course. If it's going to be working with Apple, with Apple chips, it does not need to be the size of the either the trash can, which was very small, or the old, you know, the cheese grater, which is very large. It can be, imagine, remember the old cube? Remember the G4 cube? Of course. Okay, so imagine which a cube, when you think about it, is basically about five or six Mac Minis stacked on top of each other, okay? Yeah, yeah. In terms of form factor. Imagine what you could put in there with hot swappable, almost like, um, instead of like stacking like you're talking about, which I love with like almost like magnetic connections that could just whoop, 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 add things to it. Imagine that you had a, a cube-like chassis that you could just slide the different components of your computer into when needed. And upgrade it endlessly that way, and still be a really small form factor. I guess that's the, where I think Apple's heading. The only the only benefit really of a, of a full desktop sized machine right now, other than airflow and stuff like that, which they don't need as much with with their own silicone, with their own processors right. and chips, really is third party cards like video cards and such. That being said, it's not far fetched to imagine that companies like Nvidia or AMD or who might be creating these high end video cards would just reconfigure their card in a way that it supports Apple. It could be the same price, but Change fit in a different, a different chassis, a different shape. Yeah. It could really work. I mean, yeah, and, and the other thing is probably, you know, um, you know, rack mountable. But again, they could do they could do something very similar. But yeah, I think I think you've got something. I think we've got something there. Uh, some of the renders are absolutely beautiful. I'm looking forward to when I get my my next laptop. It will be obviously an M2 laptop, I guess, at that right. point. Um, and, and who knows? I mean, it's just it just blows my mind. The other thing that I read when I was doing some research on this was the the iPod Touch that exists and it's still for sale today. They still sell that a thousand a thousand days old now. So that's what over <laughs> over three over three years since it's been an update. I think it's even been right. longer than that. Yeah. Um, is that going to disappear? You think that has to go away, right? I don't see that. I, I mean, that's my. You heard my reactions. Like is that still does that still exist? They still sell it. I don't understand how. Uh, how that product is still relevant in this day and age, especially when you have so many people passing down their their you know their previously loved iPhones to become basically you know iPods for other people you know you know for other younger family members to use just you know without the phone connectivity but just to use for apps and for music so I don't really get the relevance of that product anymore especially when they have lower end phones like the new SE that come in kind of near the same price but also give you the phone option if you want it you don't yeah. need it but also give you that option I like so I don't it. yeah so I don't get I don't only really get the relevance of it anymore yes they still could put it out for probably a hundred dollars to 150 less than a phone but at that point why not just get the phone and grow into it? Have a product you can grow into for a similar price point. Well, that's it what I did with my kids. I gave them, I bought, you know, refurbished phones too. online. And yep. I, and I, and I, you know, no SIM card or anything. My son actually has a SIM card. I haven't told him. He wonders why Don't it works him. when it's out. And I'm going to tell him when he graduates. When he graduates <laughs> elementary school and he's ready for a phone, I'm going to say, oh, by the way, it's you been in there. One. It's working. And it's going to unforward <laughs> the phone for my own. Uh, the other thing I'm excited for is they're, they're talking about a pro display without the pro display price tag. So I'm looking forward to something like that because although TV technology, which we'll find out about in a couple of moments with Bruce Walker, is getting to a point where people in gaming are using these incredible refresh rates, we could use an affordable pro monitor from Apple. Yes, totally agree. Totally agree. Something under $2,000, hopefully. That'd be nice. That'd be really, yeah. really nice. I can yeah, imagine that's so you're... sad that we're saying a monitor under two grand. Ooh, like it's a big wish. Yeah, yeah. We're paying $2,000 for a phone without question. This is what the world has become, people. This is what the world has become. The new normal, don't you love it? 
It is your tech report. He is Mitchell Whitfield in Los Angeles. I am Marco Flalo, Montreal. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, it is product evangelist Bruce Walker from TCL. I mean, they're friends of the show now at this point. Of course. Let's just call them family, shall we? <laughs> Uncle Brucey after this. No. Uh, do stick around. And if not, uh, follow along with us online. It is at your tech report on all our social media. And subscribe to the podcast version as well. Back in a moment. Your tech report will be right back. What happens when we play outside? We become healthier, both mentally and physically. We become more creative and more focused. We connect with nature, each other, and ourselves. Let's take this outside. A new podcast hosted by me, Marianne Iveson, an aspiring outdoor athlete and nature lover. I speak to athletes, outdoor professionals, and scientists about their connection to nature, how it affects their performance and everyday life. Let's take this outside. Available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts, and at letstakethisoutside.ca. The Podcast Super Friends is a monthly meeting of five podcast producers. Hi, I'm Catherine O'Brien from Branch Out Programs in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I'm John Gay from Jagged Detroit Podcasts. I'm Matt Kundal from the Sound Off Podcast Network. I'm David Yes from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. And I'm Johnny Peterson from Straight Up Podcasts. Together, they form the Podcast Super Friends, an alliance of podcast masterminds sharing best practices, insights, and discussions to help make you a better podcaster. Follow or subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or at soundoff.network. 